0: What is Mantraspective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is MantraSpective. Spective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. I've known my guests today for over 20 years. One is a management professional with over 25 years of experience. The other has over 25 years in public relations, publicity and marketing. In 2016, they decided to combine their skills to create By George PR, where they've helped companies define their brand, get the word out and develop the right relationships. If you're someone interested in marketing, public relations and taking the leap into starting your own business, and frankly just getting to know two of the most creative people I know, then this episode is for you. Oh, and one more important fact, today's guests are married. Cindy and Jeff Rogers, welcome to Montrospective. Hi, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) And I hope everybody checks out the fun clips on social media because you guys have an awesome background today. Where are you hanging out at today? Is that your office?
1: We are in our offices uh, up on the historic Independence Square. And so the uh, black and white photos behind us are of the square. Um, They are uh, the the association up there is one of our clients. um, And we act as executive directors for them in that capacity.
0: And it's so funny, because I, of course, worked with the City of Independence for so long, and I've never been to your office. And I feel horrible about that. So... (laughs) I'll come by any time.
1: Uh, that might be our fault. Yeah. We, we must not have invited
2: you.
0: How sad. <laughs> well, it seemed like I was uh, always in the downtown independence area, but I never actually came to your office. But, you know, we see each other out and about all the time. A little less since COVID, but, you know, we still run into each other quite a bit.
1: We see most people yeah. a little less
0: now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Most people do. And that's side. Or we're seeing each other like this, which is still fine. I'll take it. <laughs>
1: We've all become two-dimensional.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am going to start off by asking you guys what kind of kids you were. What were your dreams and hopes for the future individually? Because I'm guessing you didn't know each other yet as children. No, No. we did not. (laughs) You can start. Okay. So um, as a kid, I um
2: I loved performing, I loved singing. Um, but I knew I, I realized early on that like I wasn't talented enough to you know, go out to Hollywood or Broadway um, and pursue that. Um, but I did like, like I like the behind the scenes part of that. And, um, and, and I really, I hadn't landed like on a, a, a major when I was in college, but I landed on public relations and realized that you could do that in just about any industry. And I thought, oh, I'll do that for the movies. Um, and so was fortunate enough to be able to stay here in Kansas City um, be able to do that, um, worked for an advertising agency that had just about every motion picture client, you know, was able to do that for many, many years. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the kid I, I was, you know, I was into everything. I um, had lots of friends. I liked connecting people. And, um, and I guess that's kind of, that kind of grew me into what, what I'm doing now.
1: Um, I had two parts of childhood. I, I, like to think of it as. I was very much an introvert um, through probably what's now middle school. It was junior high. Uh, And in ninth grade, I all of a sudden became an extrovert, kind of crazy um, that it happened so quickly. But my mom said the same thing happened to her. Um, So maybe there was some um, gene play at at work there. I'm not quite sure. But um, I, I discovered then that I thought I was known by anybody and and one of the what I consider most popular kids uh, in our our class had had said to me one day what you're you're probably more popular than anybody and I was like what Um, so it's kind of amazing what you you know what you tell yourself and what other people actually think of you Um, but at that point things really changed for me uh, about who I thought I was and and what I could do Uh, I was had a performance yep. background as well. Um, I was in show choir in high school and, uh, um, you know, head of uh, several of the larger organizations and, and so always was involved in some type of a leadership role and loved being in as many extracurricular activities as possible. And that was the same through college and, and really even into my MBA um, and, and growing uh, in my career as well. I, I liked to be very, very involved. Uh, And so I've always changed a lot as well. Uh, I started out with a um, a degree or or headed toward a degree in computer science and mathematics, discovered, no, that wasn't really for me. I ended up with an accounting degree. um, And that didn't last long, three or four years. And I said, no, this is not me. What did I do? Um, Sitting behind a computer screen was not what what was my long-term goals? Uh, so went through many careers, but spent a lot of my time then in my early career doing um, human resources director of HR for several large corporations. and, and um, so uh, the training aspect of that felt a little more into that uh, enjoying, performing uh, uh, aspect or just being in front of others. Um, so that, that flowed from that childhood as well.
0: I feel like we're kindred spirits in that way because I went to college for accounting as well. And I felt the same way. I could do it, it came very easily to me, but it wasn't enjoyable. Exactly. I was missing that creative element of I didn't like get to the end of a spreadsheet and go, Yay! You know, it was kind (laughs) of like, it was like, okay, I did it, cool. But I, I was missing that that little element, that's something special. So you and I are definitely alike in that way. And you hit on something else that I'm going to go off my questions list because I find it interesting. My very last guest I spoke to, we talked about perceptions of ourselves as well, especially in high school and how interesting that is, that we see ourselves one way and then you find out later in life, people saw you completely differently and kind of like how that blows your mind quite a bit. Bit. Like you didn't see yourself that way at all whatsoever, but others did. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we have a different perception of ourselves, but then find out that, you know, others actually thought whether it's better of you or thought you were more talented or, or whatever?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, you know, I don't like to apply what what happens to me to others, because I think we all have very unique um, situations. But for me, I, I was very self-critical uh, constantly, um, you know, thinking I should be better. I should do, you know, and I really did think I was a background person and it was, it came out of a a class. Actually, it was a class called careers and we were to create a business within our classroom and and sell product, um, to the school. And, and as part of that, we elected officers uh, of our corporation that we had to set up and, and in that process, they elected me as CEO, um, and that's when I was like, what is going on here? Um, and it was the guy they elected as vice president who told me that you're like one of the most popular kids in school. What, what's your issue? And that's kind of what blew me away was I had no idea that anybody really knew even who I was outside of my tight circle of friends. Of course, we all have that, that group that you feel comfortable with. It was when it got expanded to a larger group that also had confidence in me. Um, we went on to become the most successful um, business that that teacher had, had up to date. We made a lot of money, and and I felt guilty because you got paid according to industry standards, and the CEO got the most money. Then at the end of everything that we made, and I felt horrible about that. <laughs> now I would not feel bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's kind of a life lesson you were learning early on. You know, when you take on that responsibility and you're overseeing you know, whether it's a company, a group of people or whatever, that's, that's where the money is and right, wrong or indifferent. That's the way everything is set up. So it's funny that you don't feel guilty now. (laughs) 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 I'll tell you
2: about an experience I had
0: in high school.
2: Um, So I wanted to be in musicals, you know, love singing. I, I, I am an okay dancer. I've got some rhythm. I dance around the house a lot.
1: All the time
2: everywhere I go um, and I had tried out for Oklahoma my sophomore year and at that time in high school they they didn't allow you had to be an, ex- yeah, an underclassman you had to be an exceptional sophomore to make it into the musical and um, but I was like I'm sure I'm going to make it my senior year you know um, I can sing you know I can hold my own um, well my senior year was when freshmen started coming to high school and so they decided that they needed to have you know representation from all of the classes. And I didn't make it in my senior year uh, to the musical, which was West Side Story. And I was devastated, but I was in drama class. And I thought, all right, well, I still want to participate. So I signed up to be the makeup chair, I didn't know anything about, you know, doing stage makeup. Um, But I organized it well, apparently, and apparently, I had organized it better than anybody previously. Had organized it. I didn't think I really did that much. I had um, an individual assigned to the leads, and then I had a box that I just threw makeup in for the guys and said, "Take this and you know do your stuff." The same thing um, for the girls. Um, but apparently, I I knew how to organize, <laughs> and who knew? And you know, so that's a lot of what I use now. You know, project managing, um, organizing um, finding people to, you know, come in on a project and, you know, and do that, that type of thing. So it's just kind of.
1: And shoving other people in front of the camera.
2: And shut, like him, (laughs) knowing people's skills and strengths (laughs) and knowing that I don't have that, but he does.
0: See, this is why I love talking to people, especially people that I've known a long time, because I'm finding out so many ways that we're alike, because Cindy you and I are exactly like in that way. I was a theater nerd and I thought I wanted to be an actress and wanted to move to LA and and do that whole thing. And I found that I was better behind the scenes. I became a stage manager and I found the same thing that I was better organizing and communicating with other people, which led me into radio into doing promotions and organizing behind the scenes. So it's ironic that I'm doing this now (laughs) that I'm actually a podcaster and everything, but you know, we find out what our strengths are and to be aware of what our limitations are or what maybe we're not as good at, I think is really important. And the fact that, you know, we're able to learn that early on and be able to translate that into what we're doing as careers. I think that's important for everybody. I think people figure that out throughout their life, but, you know, to know that in high school, to know that, okay, I'm really good at this, you know, and I'm going to figure out a way to apply those talents and skills, I think is key. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, I already know, of course, that you guys are married and have started a successful business together. But I don't know that I've ever heard the story about how you met, because I think that's important for people to understand because you do run a business together as a married couple. Um, and a lot of people would not be able to do that. So can you tell us your love story?
2: I'd say it's very cliché. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: actually, we uh, a bit embarrassed, I think, when we say we met in church choir.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's. Uh, I don't think yeah. that's cliche. I think that's that's life for a lot of people. You know. It
1: could, be, it could be, yeah. I had it had been a uh, kind of a young adult choir that I had been a part of for quite a while, and um, then I went away to grad school. I, I went to Vanderbilt in Nashville, uh, and while I was away, um, Cindy joined that choir. Um, and so when I returned, um, really probably even like for small stints, I would sometimes come in uh, to the choir, but that, that's where we, we formally met. Now we had actually, our paths crossed many times. I had talked to her on the phone um, before, but I didn't know who she was. She was friends with my roommate in grad school. And so sometimes she would call our apartment and we talked that way. On the phone, Um, even in undergraduate school, I had been to her apartment um, because of her roommate then, but I had never met her. So it was like our paths kept trying to cross, um, but they didn't cross until we actually could stand each other, to be honest. (laughs) We don't think that we would have liked each other if we'd met earlier.
0: (laughs) It's it's all about, oh my God. That's hilarious because my husband and I seem to say the same thing. We went to rival high schools and never knew each other. We never knew each other until, you know, eight years ago when we met online. Um, but we say the same thing is that we would not have liked each other if we would have met in high school or in our 20s or whatever. It would have not ended well. So timing is very important. <laughs> Absolutely. And I
2: think one of the cool things is that we met um, by both of us doing something that we loved and enjoyed. And sure. I think having those things that you have in common, that you enjoy doing, um, are very important. Um, we, have, we have often said that, that we couldn't have started a business together um, early in our marriage. That would not have worked. Um, but we got to the point that you know, after 27 years of being together, we understand each other. And you know, if one gets upset, we, we don't take it personally anymore. You that is true. Just kind of let it roll off your back and, um, you know, move on.
0: Yeah. Well, you've both kind of alluded to already what you've done as careers prior to starting your firm. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit more about what you were doing in the corporate world before deciding to, to branch off with Cindy and do your own thing.
1: Yeah, I had worked in human resources um, in a variety of different um areas. I uh, started out in banking uh, and worked for Bank of America, had uh, been a a, staffing leader for the Midwest and and traveled around the central part of the country uh, a lot. I had um, left there and and worked a little bit for Applebee's and and then for an energy firm for several years. Um, So more in that kind of high finance um, energy trading um, arena. So very much in um, recruiting basically people f- with their masters or above uh, degrees in that. For some reason, I went to work for Sonic drive-ins. Uh, and boy, was that a change. Um, but I, I worked throughout the United States. My territory was from, from Salt Lake City to, um, to Illinois. The Quad Cities. The Quad <laughs> Cities, yeah. <laughs> uh, had a lot of fun, though, um, with, with them for a while. And, and I left... Um, that HR world, really when my parents both became ill um, with with cancer and, um, and that transition um, in their life uh, really began a transition
0: in my own life as well. Wow. I didn't know any of that. So I'm really happy that you shared that. So is that when you started taking a step back from corporate responsibilities, traveling, all of that stuff. Okay.
1: Yes. Actually. Yeah. I, I stopped working altogether uh, as I was helping to take care of um, my parents at that point. Um, it had gotten pretty bad for my mom who had uh, was um, going through her second bout of breast cancer. Uh, and my dad was bad. We didn't exactly know why we later found out that he had cancer as well throughout his body. Uh, and, and he passed just a few months after my mom um, so that, that was a, a trying period, it was difficult, uh, but it was nice that I was able to take that time to step back and, and be with them uh, during that, that portion where they really needed somebody. I, I stayed with them during the day. Um, my sister, uh, who's a school teacher, would, would come and, and they stayed in her home, uh, uh, especially my dad at the end, um, after my mom had passed, and, and she would be with them all night, and it, it was difficult, um, but but it did give me a chance also to, to stop and think about, you know, am am I really doing what I, what I would love to do? Uh, and, and actually took Cindy's company, um, transitioning her job out of this marketplace. And, and she had the opportunity to get either go to another larger city um, or, um, or I threw out, I think you should start your own firm. <laughs>
2: And Mm -hmm. I said, only with only with you, (laughs) I, you know, yeah, this isn't something I would want to do on my own. Um, I, I believe in like that, the, it it takes a village. Um, You know, he has strengths where I don't and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, talking about that year that Jeff lost both of his parents, the day right after his mom passed, my dad passed. It was, it was a year not to remember. Um, <laughs> it was
1: a very dark time. Yeah. <laughs> we we can I look back that's... now and, and see it a little bit differently and a little more clearly. But, you know, when you're in the middle of those storms, um, they can be pretty um, shattering. And, and, you know, for some people that, that can break uh, your relationship to pieces uh, or you can try
2: to cling to each other. Yeah, it brought us closer together.
0: Well, and I think going through those times also, like Jeff, are you, like you already said, makes you reevaluate your life and are you doing what you're really happy with? You know, and Cindy, I know you had a job you loved. That's how we met. I mean, when I was in radio, you were this flashy, awesome, fun chick with the movies. You were, you know, you had all the movie screenings we went to and, you know, you were doing all this red carpet stuff and it just looked so awesome and you know I want you to talk a little bit more about that because you've kind of glossed over it I've always looked up to you because I thought you had the most kick-ass job of anybody I ever knew and I was in radio trust me I was having fun but you got to work with celebrities you got to plan giant marketing campaigns for these big blockbusters so just share a little bit more about what you were doing.
2: Yeah, I thought I had the best job in the entire world. Um, I I got to be a part of the film industry, but I also got to live in my hometown and still see my family and friends um, at night and weekends. Um, yeah, so I was the director of the Kansas City office for a national advertising agency, and as I glossed over, we um, our main clients were motion picture studios. So we worked with Warner Brothers and Columbia Pictures and Universal and Disney, and and I managed an office of like nine nine to ten full time people, and we probably had about sixteen or about six to seven interns at any one given time. Um, I, it was the best job. Um, you know, we, we, we set our own hours. We, you know, but we worked all the time. You know what I mean? I, I just like I, I set in my own hours. Well, I was, the, you know, on call 24-7. But, you know, to your point, we, some of the, my highlights um, are the 42 um, movie premiere event that was a fundraiser for the Negro League Baseball Museum. And um, that was in collaboration with Warner Brothers, the Negro Leagues, Waddell and Reed AMC. Uh, It was an awesome, awesome event. It was it was cold as heck.
1: Yes, it was that
2: the day of. um,
1: And even then, while I didn't work with her, I worked for her.
2: He did. He did. I would (laughs) pull him in when I needed when I needed help.
1: Um, But like yeah, our our um, our sets are falling over. It's freezing cold outside. I need you to stand outside and hold them
2: up. It's true, (laughs) it's true. But you know, Chadwick Boseman was there. Um, uh, Harrison Ford came in at the last minute for that um there were the remaining negro leagues players who were still alive there were i don't know five or six of yeah. them they they were up there it, it was and the s-
1: current royals
2: yeah and, the, and yes and several of the royal royals before they became well known like um i remember like mike Mustakis walking mm-hmm. down the red carpet and people were like who's that
1: osmer was there um mm-hmm.
2: and oh who is um
1: gordon was there
2: yep yep um it was it was a special magical night it was also um i bought tickets from my dad for him to come walk the red carpet and watch the movie it was his birthday gift um and he was like this is what you do for a living and i'm like yeah this is what i do for a living you know stories of um george brett in the green room with harrison ford and george brett is showing harrison ford how to throw a baseball You know things like that, Um, memories that will live on. That you know, I I cherish when uh, Matthew McConaughey drove across the country in his RV. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was there. I met him because
2: of you. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapped for the Sahara. Um, I so honestly, I didn't think he would come to Kansas City. So I kind of like put off, you know, scheduling Um, everything, and because he was. He was canceling he canceled like a couple of bigger markets um and i was like he's not going to come to kansas city if he's count you know he's not going to this number you know 10 rated market he's not going to come to number 30 rated market and it was two weeks out and all of a sudden he was coming and i was like oh crap i guess (laughs) you know i need to find a place for him to be and his whole reason for traveling was he wanted to stay in rv parks he wasn't getting to do that really in many markets but we made it happen and so jeff and i went out on a saturday and we were like scouting you know different rv parks like well can i put him here can i put him here you know blah 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 and um i was like well the studio says they don't really care and jeff was like cindy i'm like all right i got it so (laughs) we landed on basswood rv park in in platte city it's gorgeous it's gorgeous um but the other a logistical part that we had to figure out was we had to get all of the media up to the rv park and so we had rented and and you know we had radio stations we had all four tv stations everybody kind of had their own car because you know people weren't sharing <laughs> so, <laughs> so um and we had people were meeting the media met at the office and we had it like you know timed like you've got to leave here you've got to leave here you know all that kind of good stuff but um we had the mayor Kay Barnes was the mayor at that time she presented Matthew with a key to the city um because we had a, a premier screening uh the night that he did the interviews and stuff uh, yeah it was it was very special I remember uh Billy Bob Thornton coming in for the astronaut farmer uh, Billy Bob was on a tour and he was flying from Chicago to Dallas and they just did like a touchdown in Kansas city. And we had media lined up and that afternoon there was a chemical plant explosion. So most of my, my TV news were out covering the big black cloud over downtown. Um, but we, you know, we, we made it work. We, you know, we figured out a way and, you know, Billy Bob came in, we had a nice little, I think we had a green carpet. Yeah. We had a, a John Deere, mo- uh
0: Tractor. lawnmower
2: tractor thing and pay bail, so we kind of had staged stage it billy bob great guy wonderful guy matthew great guy yeah. wonderful yeah, guy yeah, yeah i mean i i you know th- there are a few people that maybe aren't so great but i i haven't had a bad experience truly with with a whole lot of people
1: and you didn't work just locally um, oh yeah! Major junkets throughout the nation.
2: Yeah, so. I would get invited for um, a few years. I worked almost every Paramount picture junket, and um, so I was out there, out there, in Beverly Hills at the Four Seasons on Doheny Drive, you know. Um, and I, I got invited to Toronto International Film Festival a few times, and I've been to Austin South by Southwest. So I, uh, yeah, I. I've got. I've had the opportunity to do some pretty amazing things, and still to this day, we we have Columbia Pictures as as a client. And you never know what the future may hold. Right. There may be other you know studios down the line that you know we pick up. We one of the first things that we did together was the uh, David Harbor tour for Stranger Things. Netflix. Netflix. That was awesome. <laughs> they Netflix wanted to do something different. They didn't want traditional you know, interviews inside of a hotel room. And so we went to Union Station. That was-
1: A nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very big place. So to get interviews to happen one right after the other with, you know, um, a five minute run uh, down a grand hall and down stairways into a back sub-basement to have a, a cool second setting.
2: But we made um, it, it work. It was
1: difficult, but fun.
2: We we made it work. There Weird. were a few challenges, but you know what? We made it work. Every media outlet that came out, they got a different background. They got you know, David didn't get bored sitting in one place. So um, yeah,
0: it was it was great. See, this is exactly why I didn't want you to gloss over it because you have fun stories. <laughs> you have, I mean, I think you and I, I mean, and Jeff too. Now we've lived very creative careers where you've gotten to have these experiences that most people will never get to have. And it's funny, you brought up Matthew and Billy Bob were the two stories I hoped you would bring up because mm. I was there for both of them. And it was funny, there was this rumor going around at the time that Matthew McConaughey didn't wear deodorant. And I was like, okay, this guy's been traveling the country in an Airstream trailer. What the heck is he going to smell like? And I loved him anyway. He smelled divine. I have to tell you, (laughs) he smelled divine. There was no issue at all whatsoever. And he was so kind and so nice and spent time with everybody and took pictures. I'll actually share those on my social media account just because um, I'm not a vain person at all, but those are two of probably the most famous people I've ever met. And they were both great.
2: Yeah, you know, know they, the, they
0: didn't disappoint. And sometimes we come across people that, you know, they say never to meet your idols and all of that because they'll disappoint you. Um, I've had a few of those, but they weren't. They were awesome. So
1: Matthew, I think one of the cool things out of that was he became friends with several people that were staying at the RV park as well. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, be cooking steaks with them in the evening and, uh, and just hanging out at the campfire. And he really is a, you know, oh, yeah. just everyday person.
0: I knew I should have rented an RV for the weekend and gone back up there. I knew it. Well, I'll tell you, so, you know, we were trying to keep it a secret because he came
2: in on a Friday and we were doing everything on Monday. So we were trying to make sure that the word didn't get out and he didn't get, you know, flooded with, you know, people coming to try to see him. And we were um, checking him into the RV park. And I was saying to the woman behind the counter, um, are you familiar with the actor, Matthew McConaughey? And she was like, eh, no. And I was like, well, you know he's coming here. If anybody calls and asks if, if he is here, please say no. We don't want people showing up. We don't want this to become you know blah blah you know big disaster. And the timing was perfect because just as we were getting ready to leave, he walked in, and I was like, "This is Matthew McConaughey," <laughs> and the woman behind the counter went, oh, "I know him." <laughs> <laughs> I know him. And then they uh you know they wanted to grill steaks and they were asking, you know, where's the best place to get steaks? And I not being the person that cooks at home, I was like, Oh, where's the place? Where's the place? Luckily I said McGonagalls. I think they changed their name now. But anyway, um, and they loved those steaks and Matthew continues, I think, to this day. To order from them. Yeah, to order from him and has steaks and stuff shipped to him from them. So
0: well, obviously, I'm a fan of his anyway. So if you haven't read Green Lights, everybody, go get that book and read it. It'll change your life. He is a great writer, a great storyteller, and he shares stories in there that I never knew about him, about his life and everything. So this isn't going to be a Matthew McConaughey episode, but I <laughs> had to throw that in there because, you know, because of you, I have that connection with him and I adore him. So <laughs> so did I get the year right? It was 2016 when you guys created by George PR. So can you share a little bit more about that time? I know you were coming out of a really dark period and Jeff, you had all of your stuff going on. Cindy, you were having to make the decision of do I stay with this company and move, you know, do we uproot our lives or so Jeff, I know you were the, uh, the, uh, the pusher, (laughs) go start your own firm. What, What was it about Cindy that you believed in so much that you knew she could do it? Well,
1: she had been, I knew, quite incredible at her job and she loved her job. Um, I also knew that she really had no desire to, to move. Uh, I was open to the move. I had been open to the move actually prior. We, I had had the opportunity to, uh, to be transferred to LA. And while it wasn't um, something I cherished, uh, all the, the people I knew in LA that, that worked for the same corporation, and so they had about a 90-minute commute each way. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a horrific life, but I could do it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I knew that would put her right in the center of, of who she worked with. But she really had no desire at that time. And so I couldn't see that that, that had changed much. And I was like, you know, go ahead. Try your own thing. It's not going to hurt at this point um, in life. And when she pushed back and said, well, only if you'll do it with me. I'm like, yeah, but I don't do what you do? That's not what I've spent my whole career doing. And she's like, "No, please. You've came in. You've helped train my staff. Um, I, I did uh, team building exercises and and uh, communication um, work um, with with their staff from time to time. And and of course, you know, when when she was in a pinch and needed extra help, I would um, jump in if I was in town. Um, and and so I was like, well, "Maybe." Um, all right, we'll try it. You know what? At that point, I think that there, with time, comes this um, this ability to be okay if you try something and it doesn't work. And and that's kind of where we were earlier in my career. I had a couple of opportunities with people who wanted me to start uh, a firm, and every time I pushed back and said no, no, and I'd later look back and go, why did I say no? You would have loved trying that. Uh, and it was always um, this risk-adverse piece of me that um, seemed to pull at me. And we had kind of hit that point and, I, and really I probably through through the the deaths of both of my parents, that risk adverse kind of went out the window. Uh, you know, it was like, hey, try it. There, you know, things can change overnight. Um, what are you gonna do if it doesn't work?
2: Yeah, I have a bit of that risk adverse pardon me too. Um, And I think we found ourselves at a point in life where, you know, we didn't have any, we don't have children. So we didn't, you know, have that expense. (laughs)
1: And we paid off the house.
2: And we paid off the house. (laughs) You know, I mean, so there were some of those, you know, bigger, um, you know, life expenses, so to speak, that, that we didn't have that, you know, and I, you know, when you talk about, we could have gone out to LA, I kind of like, dang it, why didn't I, why didn't I try that? a fear of of failure, a fear of succeeding, you know, (laughs) what if I don't like it? What if, you know, um, so yeah, so there are some things that I I, I wish maybe I would have tried, but I never ever saw myself being a small business owner and owning my own company. I just, that just seemed like such a big monumental thing to do,
0: uh, that I just didn't think I could do it. Well, back to that perception thing, for somebody like me who had worked with you already for so long, it seemed like a natural progression. Like when you finally announced you were doing it, I wasn't shocked at all. I'm like, why didn't you do it sooner? So, you know, back to that perception thing, I think we all have issues with that. And it's important to have those people around us that build us up and, you know, kind of get us out of our our safety zone. You know, it's really easy to stay in our comfort zone and not take those risks. And I'm really happy you did because you've been able to help out a lot of people, a lot of companies so far. Um, You are, like I said in the open, two of the most creative people I've ever known. You've done some of the most creative campaigns I've ever seen to get on TV. You've been amazing at developing relationships over the years. Um, I don't think there's anybody in the city that doesn't know Cindy and Jeff Rogers. (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone Um, if they don't know you personally, they know you by reputation. Um, so can you tell us about where the name came from and why that's important to you?
2: Sure. When, um, when we were starting the company and we were thinking about a name, we were like, well, you know, I don't want to call it Cindy Rogers PR because, you know, Jeff's a part of it. And. Which and I didn't mind. I know, it, but it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed a little vain, uh, you know. So we, we went through like that writing exercise where on post-it notes, you like write down like the, you know, characteristics, what you, you know, want your company to stand for and all that type of stuff. And so we'd written them down and we were like, oh, gosh, well, the more we got to thinking about it, the more we got to thinking, well, you know, we were persistent, we're loyal, um, we are playful and fun energetic, energetic. Um, you know, you give us a task, we, you know, we persevere, we don't give up and, until it's done. And we looked over at our Jack Russell Terrier, George, and we were like, those are the characteristics of our dog. And George, by George, by George, how about, you know, by George PR. And that's, that's kind of where it came from. We also thought, you know, what a nice way to honor the legacy of our, of our dog. You know, we, Loved that dog um, and, you know, knew that that he wouldn't be with us forever. But we thought what a nice way to honor him and the gift that he was to us. Um, and then also there's a part in the movie, My Fear Lady, where which is one of Jeff's favorite musicals, favorite musicals where um, she's learning to speak properly. The, uh, Eliza is learning to speak properly. And the professor says, "By oh, George, I think she's got it. So, you know, there's many, many layers um to to that story of how we came true. up with the name.
0: Well, and I think it's important because you found a name that made you stand out from the rest. It's not some generic name or, or whatever. And there's a great story behind Except, it. So.
1: I will say that we have a good number of clients who think my name is George.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, you've obviously developed a lot of relationships over the years that you've been in the Kansas City area. Did you find it easy to go out and get clients? Or were you competing with these bigger firms? Um, you know, how was that experience for you?
1: Do you want to take that? Uh, I, You know, there were there are some things that are a little bit easier. Cindy has great relationships. And so um, I will say a, a fair share of them come from previous relationships that she had developed um whether it was you know being in um speaking somewhere previous in life um or not uh the i don't know that it's ever been a, a real struggle although every day is a struggle when you're a small business you know you lose one client and you're like whoa that's a major hit um and so you know the pandemic uh also massive major hit you can't you know, your studio clients uh, don't really exist during a pandemic, um, and so having to have those other um, clients, and luckily we have uh, enough that that have excelled during this time, uh, has been important. It's really it's just about continually looking for someone new, always having that that um, that openness um, to realize even when you're at your busiest. Um, if you haven't started to cultivate a relationship, um, because it takes a while. It's not like you you go out on a cold call and you come home with a new client. Uh, it definitely is a relationship building uh, process to to bring on someone new. And for us, um, not only is it them choosing us, but we have to choose them as well. Uh, we want to be associated with people that we're proud of at the end of the day. And so that process is important.
0: Yeah. Well, I won't mention who uh, the client was, but because of our relationship, I handed a client off to you guys a year or two ago, and uh, we'll just say it wasn't the best experience. You know, I know that you'll talk through a grin and your big Cindy happy grin and go, no, it was fine. We got through it, but you and I had several phone calls where it was like, I don't know what you got me into. (laughs) there can be some challenges. You know,
2: I, um, when I used to run the office here in Kansas City, um, I would say to my staff all the time, look, anybody can do a job when things run smoothly. Um, the the measure of how good you are is how do you respond when there's a challenge? How do you respond when there's a bump in the road? How, how do you respond when, you know, something's not happening quite the way that you want it to? Are, are you, do you just shut down and say, oh, well, we can't, we can't do it? Or do you pivot? Do you find a new way to do it? Do you think, okay, no, what, this isn't happening this way. You know, the press isn't responding to, to this pitch. What's the other pitch? What's, you know, how can we make this happen? So, you know, sometimes those, those challenging clients, you just, you, you find a way to, to make it happen. You, you know, you, you keep like I said, pressing on and, you know, one way or the other, something's going to hit, right?
0: Well, this is going to be a little bit more about Cindy than Jeff. I feel like I know Cindy just a little bit better um, in the last twenty years. But on along the line, same lines of what we're talking about, something I find really interesting about you, Cindy, is that I've never seen you lose your cool or get upset I, I, in twenty years. I've never seen it. I may hear a little bit of frustration in your voice, but even then, I swear you're doing it through a smile. Like it's still oh coming out. Goodness. Like.
1: Yes. <laughs> she saves all them, those moments for the office
0: well that that that's kind of what I'm asking because I mean we've known each other personally as well as professionally but still I've never seen that side of you ever so is that by design or is that inherently who you are because you are just a ray of sunshine every time I see you and talk to you and I have to imagine that makes it a little bit easier in a job like you have dealing with people um than somebody like me who may be a little bit more reactionary
2: (laughs) i you know i think it's just me um my my mom tells me this like every year on my birthday that you know when i was born i came out and i was just like all right world i'm here you know i i was very chill uh you know i do have my moments but i i do not um I work work hard. Like if I'm in public, or you know, to 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 hold that that in. Nobody needs to see me (laughs) fly off the handle. Um, And like I said, you know, usually, you know, when a moment like that happens, it's because something's not going the way that I had anticipated, and so you've got to scramble and change it. Um, And if you're out of your mind, you know, upset, you're not going to be able to think logically. Um, about how can I, how can I fix this? What can I do next? What's, you know, what's the plan B? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I am, I am human. I am human. I do. I, I do have my, my moments and, and my times. But, really? I know. Really? What, me? You never knew that. <laughs> well Again, a perfect, by and large, I am a pretty positive, pretty, See pretty
0: happy person.
1: See well, that's a Go perfect singing and dancing.
0: well that's a perfect transition into the fact that you guys are unique you're married you're running a business do you have disagreements professionally and how do you work through them
1: we absolutely have disagreements um and uh as, as cindy alluded to earlier though they those disagreements don't define the relationship um if we didn't have disagreements that what would that say about us as well um that that we weren't able to exert, um, a differing opinion. Um, so, you know, when we have a disagreement, it's because that we feel strongly about something and, and it, you know, is about how, you know, uh, an event will be executed, uh, about how, um, a messaging, um, might, um, be most impactful, that type of thing. And so, um, there, there are definitely times when, when, um, we can, you know, get on each other's nerves, but we don't, it's, it's just a work thing, you know, but it's, you're
0: not sleeping on the couch at the end no. of the night. <laughs> you know, it,
1: it's, it really is just a, it, it's a work thing. And, and, you know, with anybody I've ever worked with, I, you don't always agree with them. They're, you're going to have differences. Now, <coughs> excuse me. The, the bigger difference is that we are married. And so you do tend to be even more, um honest (laughs) with your spouse than you would with others so when when you get um to that point of disagreement you're going to you know not go well I kind of see it this way you know it's going to be a little bit more forceful um but I think that we also know that in the end we just want what's best for our clients and so you know having a disagreement like like Cindy said really we do let it just roll off our back and you know, five minutes later, we've moved on because there's something else we, we need to get working on as well. And, um, so, you know, maybe, maybe that's part of it. You have a lot to do. And then you can't dwell on what you've disagreed on because you've got something else that <laughs> requires your attention.
2: And some that's days- good advice. Others, you know, some-
1: Truth. Um, we, we agree way more than we disagree. i uh, way, way more. Um so I, you know I think that we early on established lanes. Um, you know, this is your lane, this is my lane, and this is when we're a, a share ride. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I that's a good way to look at it.
2: <laughs> when we first started the, the business and started working together, it it took me, I don't know about you, but it took me a while to kind of figure out like like what kind of businesses will, will we be good at helping. You know, we um, a financial firm came to us and we were like, no, financial, you know, no. I, I know that that's a whole nother beast. It you know, it's a whole nother language. Um, but um, but you know, of course, lifestyle entertainment, um, you know, those those types of, of clients, nonprofits, um, are really in in our skill set and people that we Absol- can help and out. and our
1: comfort zone. And well, our I comfort zone. Let's say it that way because we've definitely done some things that weren't in it. Um, in an area where we had previously performed, uh, but we're able to do. uh, But we definitely find things that, again, it's that hitting that place in life where we're okay, saying no to, to some projects. Um, And, and that feels nice to be able to do going, you know, we could do that, but that doesn't bring us the type of joy that we want out of our company. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. Um, to say no. Now, we may hit a point in life where <laughs> where we go, doesn't matter right now. We, we need to take that flight. Um, but luckily, we haven't had to do that much.
0: Well, we've mentioned the pandemic. Do you feel any added pressure being a couple right now in business together to, you know, live day to day? Or, you know, I know you mentioned that you haven't been as affected, maybe because the, the clients you have, but when this whole thing started, how did you two navigate this? as business owners and a couple?
1: It, it definitely has been difficult, um, you know, because l- like I mentioned earlier, one of our clients is the Independent Square Association and, and they are very, very heavy on events. Um, and so every event that had ever happened was a brand new event. We, it had to be reimagined, um, So you couldn't rely on what had happened in the past, every single thing had to be completely redeveloped. Um, And it's an association that relies on, you know- um, Fundraisers
2: and- Yeah,
1: and constantly happening, constantly happening. So, you know, there's never a let up there. So um, that brought a lot of additional work, but no additional money. You know, it was just more time that was gonna be needed um, for all of it. Uh, And at the same time, yeah, we lost clients. And so we lost income. And we're both, you know, um, that's all going into the same pot. It's not like one of us was still working in banking and would, would be fine. Um, it would have made it easier uh, from the financial standpoint. Um, but but we've weathered. We, we uh, continue to look for, you know, um, what are the additional things, additional skill sets that, that we've created. You know, we, I, I had a lot of fun in some respects. You know, when we, when we did the virtual lighting, of the square, we turned it into a television show. And, um, and I had downloaded software and became very familiar with it and, and produced an entire show um, with um, pre-created um, video clips that we could drop in that felt a little bit like commercials, but allowed us to, to have a lot more reach to when we turned on the lights, having multiple cameras showing angles around the square. They didn't all work exactly like we wanted, but for the first time we were very happy um, uh, the product that ended up um, being created of uh, uh, new skill sets that were developed uh, in that process uh, so um, we've said over and over that that this period of time has allowed a lot of people to stop and rethink what they've done in the past why are we doing this do we do we're, are we doing it again this year just because we've always done it and you know the calendar says it's February so we got to do that again um, And, you know, we've been able to stop and reevaluate everything in a way that I've always taught people to do, but rarely really did, if you know what I mean, you know, you're as a management trainer over and over, you you train people to, you know, stop, um, think about, you know, is this really something you need to do? What do you need to keep doing? What do you not need to keep doing? It's easy to say it's a little harder to actually, you know, execute. And this has allowed us to do a lot of better.
2: At the beginning of the pandemic, we were working with a lot of clients on you know, either like crisis communication. You know, how, what sure. you, how are you communicating? What are you guys doing? You know, so we were doing a lot of a lot of that type of thing. And even you know, a client that we um, stopped working with for a while came back just last week and was like, "Hey, I really miss you guys. Really need you." You know, um, but instead of doing a, a, a monthly just flat retainer for stuff, we're gonna look at doing things in a different way because those opportunities that were there prior are not there now. And I'm like, you know, being honest with the client, like, look, you know, I, I could take your money every month. Um, I don't know if we're gonna give you what you really need, but so let's look at doing this in a different way that makes you happy, makes me feel like I'm not taking your money, you know, for nothing. Um, so, you know, that, that type of thing has happened.
0: Just showing again what good people the two of you are. Well, there's plenty of, you know, especially bigger businesses out there that aren't doing those types of things. You know, you've got your flatly, you know, flat monthly retainer and that's that. And we'll do whatever we can for you, but you've signed an agreement. So this is what you have to do. But I think in the long run, those clients are going to stick with you because you've been honest with them and you've bent and changed and all of that along with them. So again, just... Or, uh, yeah. Back to relationships. Yeah. Back to just, just recognizing, Hey, this is not a good time for anybody and we all need to band together and figure it out. If there's anybody, Oh, were you going to say something else? <laughs> Sorry, Heather. He's, he's got on a holiday shirt. <laughs> I do.
2: And it looks like
1: there's like peace signs sticking up. And I remember, <laughs> it's actually a Jack Russell wearing
0: it. <laughs> it's so cute. Now, does it light up, too? Because that <laughs> would just take it over the top. Yeah, but we each have one. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but and let me just say, you know, this if you're not able to ride the roller coaster of having a small business, then, you know, look at doing something else. You know, I was watching the People's Choice Awards, and um, um, Tyler Perry was given the Icon Award, and he was telling a story about... Um, Needing to have a new well in his backyard, and um, um, the guy was digging and digging and couldn't find it, couldn't find it, and he was like, "Well, I'll just, you know, just keep paying this high water bill. It's, you know, no big deal, no big deal." And just as they were getting ready to stop digging, the guy found water, and so he was like, "He was like, just keep digging. You don't know what's going to happen." And and you know that happens with us. You know, just when you think, "Well, we'll." looks like, you know, there's no new business coming in. Um, Very next day, something popped up, you know, so just, just keep digging, just keep grinding at it. Just, you know, don't give up.
0: Well, and what advice would you give to anybody who's listening, who's married or in a friendship where they're considering starting a business together? What advice would you share with them?
1: Yeah, I, I, you do have to be um, very solid in that relationship. You know, I think that that would be important. Um, that um, if there are things that you're, you're not sure if this relationship's going to work out, definitely don't don't jump into a business situation. And if you were, make sure that you know you've got you know some contracts in place to um, that there's a decent exit strategy for you. Um, for for us, you know, it was knowing that we had a, a very long um, you know relationship history already. So. A lot of that stuff had been ironed out, and uh, at least we knew how to navigate the tough points. It's not that things don't continue to be challenging and difficult in a relationship, but but you do learn to be better at that navigation of rough waters. Uh, And so um, I think that is is primarily, you know, make sure that you do understand that a a friendship. I would still, you know, um, it'd have to be a really good friend to be able to be in business with them. Um, because I know how difficult it is. And you don't wanna lose that friendship because gosh, some tough decisions have to be made from time to time. And um, and you don't wanna lose a friendship over a difficult business decision. Uh, for us, uh, relationships are more important. I think that's probably why we um, approach our business the way that we do. We're both relational people. and and making sure that we don't damage relationships uh, is extremely important. And it's not that we never have, uh, but it really hurts when it does happen. It has a deep impact for us. So uh, we want to make sure that when when we go in, that we know that the whole time we're in that, that business relationship, that our personal relationship is the most important. When it comes to the other side, I mean, if there's something that that we really, really disagree on. When it comes down to it, I'll, I'll let it go because it's more important that that our personal relationship lasts over some silly decision that this messaging will be more impactful, who cares?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Jeff and I think he alluded to it too about finding your lane. And so I, I think that's also another important thing that when you're going into business with somebody that's a friend or you know a spouse is, is um, you know having those conversations, making sure you know, look, this is this is my area. This is what I concentrate on. This is what you know he you concentrate on. Um, this is how we we come together. Um, because it's too easy to like start trying to do it for me. This is my this is one of my weaknesses. So you know it's too easy for me to be like, oh, I, I don't think that's being done. I need to jump over here and, be, and I, I need to do this and I need to do that and just know, look, you know. This is Jeff's responsibility. He's going to get it done. He's he's going to meet the deadline. He's going to get it done. How he gets it done, um, you know. Same with me. But that's his that's his piece. Let him do it. Don't be you know, don't be all over the place. But that but that can be difficult at first. Is that figuring out how you do
0: work together? Absolutely. Well, since starting your business, is there a particular campaign you've both worked on that you're particularly proud of?
1: Wow, I think there've been quite a few actually that that we've enjoyed um, doing. Um, Anything that you want to highlight?
2: Um, You know, I think that David Harbor tour was was pretty spectacular. It was. Um, You know, not only did we get coverage, I I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong because I was so deep into it, but I felt like no, everybody in Kansas City knew that he was here. Um, and from the idea that we did of, of him going shopping for Children's Mercy Hospital, um, we got coverage in France. We got international coverage for that. Yeah, so I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. And there's, I mean, the Independent Square Association, just about everything that we do here with them, um, I'm pretty proud of the Liberty Lounge, the We Are the Square campaign. Um, we've done some cool things with the square and, and I really um, see it
1: growing into its own again. Um, and that's been nice. I think um, Shep's Place, um, we did some, some great work um, with them as they first began. Shep's Place is a, um, a senior dog sanctuary uh, here in Independence. And um, when um, we first helped them launch really, um, that goes back to a, a relationship again um Cindy's known um, Russell clothier since uh, she was probably in grade school maybe middle school yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, Russell is the brother of my roommate from grad school so we definitely had this this already relationship with him um, but that campaign um, actually went global he <laughs> we ended up on uh, you know, uh, the front page of of Paris. Um, their their main Yahoo accounts. We ended up on, on Australia, um, um, in their news outlets there, and so they they were receiving contributions from throughout the world, and that was great to see because we're big dog people, uh, you know, we're we're uh, rescue dog people. So um, and in fact, our current Jack Russell, we adopted him as a senior, uh, so it, it meant a lot that that this dog shelter uh, was being uh, developed for senior dogs that couldn't find a home after most of the time an owner has passed away yeah
2: uh difficult and and we found you know we found that russell was doing chef's place just by on being on facebook and reached out to russell and said hey look if you need you need some publicity help you know give us a call
1: yeah and that was one of those things we said you know we from time to time we just do things pro bono because it's the It's the right thing to do. And, and that was one of those things that we just, you know, said, Hey, this, we're not going to charge you guys anything for this. Uh, We we think you're, you know, you're doing something cool and we we want people to know about it and we want it to be successful. Uh, And so to see it grow into its own was, was a wonderful
2: thing.
0: Well, it's going to come back to you twofold. You know, the more you give, the more you're going to get back. So, and I did see all that, everything you've talked about. I saw the news coverage on and not because I know you guys, it's literally, I turned on the TV and and there, whatever it was. And then i find out through Facebook that it's because of the two of you <laughs> that it was happening. So I don't know why I'm shocked or surprised anymore. I think you guys run half of the world right now
1: so not not true but it is you know it's more difficult to to um to land tv uh without having ad buys and that's our big push is um we work on that uh, publicity and that you know uh, promotional aspect of of how do you how do you find airtime how do you make your story uh newsworthy um not just ad worthy
0: but i think that goes back to relationships too because when you guys are calling news stations newspapers magazines whatever they know you're going to bring them something great it's going to be newsworthy you know well i mean that's what i see yeah. you know i mean anything that you're bringing forth to people they're not going to go uh cindy i'll call her back in five days it's oh, oh she's she's got to have something good
1: we've right? learned to push back on clients too that you know hey this angle that we're not willing to take that to the news media, can we?
0: Yeah, can we tweak can it? Can we
1: interest you in doing this because we think this would be something that yeah. people are interested in?
0: Well, that's they, that trust and that reputation that you've built up exactly. through yeah. these relationships. We've had a client push back and say,
2: "Well, we um, can we do this next week?" And we're like, "Nope, <laughs> nope." They
0: they want to <sighs> come out in two hours.
1: The story is available today. It
2: will not be available <laughs> later.
0: Yeah. Well, to the layman, they don't understand how news cycles work and everything. It's very much minute to minute and just because you have something scheduled doesn't mean it's going to happen. If something globally happens or, you know, on, regionally or whatever, that's going to take precedence and it doesn't matter what you've done and you're going to get pushed.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, how do you both deal with criticism?
2: <laughs> I cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I <have> <laughs> <life>. <laughs>
2: You know, it sometimes it depends. You know, I I don't think anybody could be nearly as critical uh, on me as I am on myself. Um, I, you know, if if the criticism is is true, you know, if sometimes if somebody's just being mean to be mean, then you know. Um, but I'll take a look at it and um, see. You know, it is. Could I have done something different? Did I not communicate this well enough? Did I, you know, I, I try to use it as a way to grow, as a way to maybe um, get better and and change. Um, I don't know, but but if somebody's just being mean to be mean, then.
0: Eh. <laughs> well, but, and one thing specifically, going back to the professional side of it. Do you pay attention to social media? Do you pay attention to the comments? You have done some campaigns, for example, where you've taken sports jerseys and put them on Harry Truman or whatever. And some people, you know, you've gotten news coverage out of it. People run it, and it's great. And there's some people are like, "Oh, this is awesome," and they're taking pictures with it. And then there are people that are a little crotchety that are, you know, come after. Oh, this is horrible, and why would you ever do that to a statue? And it's demeaning. Do you take those things personally, or do you just laugh it off? I don't,
1: I don't know that I, I laugh it off. I do like to um, to acknowledge where where others are coming from, um, but not every opinion is valid. <laughs> and and I think it's important. That's important to remember. Social media sometimes gives people the that illusion that anything I say is is important because I can say it on social media. And so, um, you know, we definitely um, took flack, not just from just everyday Joe Schmoes, uh, but from some higher ups uh, in in some of those campaigns. Um, Luckily, we we had, before we did any of that, we had reached out to the Truman Library and got their input. Um, So we're not just gonna, you know, do something crazy. Um, because it'll be a great guerrilla marketing campaign and, and we'll get all the publicity that we want. We want to make sure that we're also being respectful. And, and they were the first to say, oh, no, we, we dress our Truman statue up all the time. You know, this is, um, don't think anything of that. He was a, a good-natured person. Uh, you know, um, he was a president, yes, but he was also a human being. Uh, and and um, you know, don't, don't think anything about uh, trying to bring some attention to your hometown sports uh he would you know he, he would, would have
2: loved that yeah he
1: would have enjoyed it
2: we reached out to one of the park rangers um because there's a national park service the harry's truman national park service here on the square and uh, when we got that blessing you know from this park ranger that is absolutely in love with truman the historic ad-
1: interpretations for yeah
2: them. and he was like no you know so we did do our research you know for things like that we didn't like jeff said we just didn't say oh Let's just, you know, this is a great idea. We think let's, let's go do it. Um, We did. Yeah. We did make sure that we weren't um, being harmful to, to the Truman image or the, you know, doing something that Harry, if Harry was alive, that he would not have appreciated.
0: Well, and let's just be frank. Some people just like to complain. Some people just don't see the humor, the lightheartedness in anything and want to, you know. use their little keyboard as you know their little social media warrior and you know I just I you know I look at stuff like that that you guys have done that's so simple and I know I know that you've done your homework and everything but when I look at those comments I'm like oh come on you guys like yeah up a little bit you're not defacing the statue you didn't spray paint you know (laughs) a name across it it's a jersey and it's showing community support so yeah
1: you know yeah we're able to laugh off most of those we you know social media is what it is and and a lot of our business revolves around multiple clients social media accounts uh and so if you're not able to um to go through social media feeds and be able to brush off um the just outlandish you know um criticisms as whatever uh you'll you won't make it um and and be able then to to yeah, address those that that seem legitimate or um, or they might have a you might have a point there you know being able to address that as well I think it's important we try not to leave anything just hanging out there if it warrants uh, discussion last thing you need to do is like try to talk back to most social media because you're just asking for a non-ending
2: <laughs> Dialogue. banter
1: of somebody you know I hate to say it you know, feeling like they're, you know, sitting in mom's basement uh, with nothing better to do at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're not, we're not looking for that. But if it, if it appears a legitimate criticism, I, we don't mind, uh, you know, having that conversation. Yeah,
2: but we always look for those little moments that, you know, things that we can do to highlight our the area of the downtown Independence Square and um, using the assets and things that you have and, you know, ways to get some media attention and and you know, one year we made a Patrick Snows, made a, a square snowman out of snow, you know, and put a jersey on him, and you know, so you know, we look for those those opportunities and those things that you know we know that media will be interested in that will have a social media angle to it. So, and if somebody's not happy about it.
1: The next news cycle happens in about an hour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I love, I have to point out right now, I love the fact that we can bring up Patrick Mahomes and anyone listening in this country or around the world right now is going to know who that is. So (laughs) for the first time in a long time, we can be super proud of that. (laughs)
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, what inspires the both of you? Oh,
2: that is, uh, that can be a really tough question. Um, you know, lots of things, lots of, I I like to read lots of stories about, um, um, different people in business, you know, um, from like the Bill Gates to, you know, somebody just down the street, Um, um, hearing those, those stories of how that they got started and, and, um, what their business philosophy is, how they give back today Um, that type of thing, like, you know, Tyler Perry, you know, at an award show sharing a story, um, you know, I, I look for those little moments everywhere that, that kind of help keep me going, that inspire me, that, um, you know, give me the perseverance to keep doing what, what I, what I love, what, and, you know, what I want to do.
1: And for me I'm gonna, I'm gonna become a little more shallow oh. <laughs> uh, Me, the person you know, with my MBA. and, and right. I'll, I'm, I'm a little more probably inspired just by um, by beauty uh, and and that can mean a whole lot um, but there's something about the look of um, of a you know a photo the look of a, a graphic the look of uh, a campaign um, so when we're working in on, on the square, it's giving them a long-term vision of what a truly historic district could look like. Now, you know, are we constantly working toward that? So in 10 years, we can have a, a transformed place um, that gives a, a long-term impact, as opposed to just social media moments for the present. Um, and and I think that happens with a lot of different clients. You know, it, it's it's wonderful to have something today, but but what are some things that you're slowly transforming for your long-term vision of of what you're providing um, to the world around you. So that's a little more what (laughs) I'm gonna say inspires me.
2: And I'm gonna say one of the things I think that we both like and that I don't know if to say inspires us, but we both like helping people. Yeah. So, you know, we both like, um, we want other people to succeed. It's not, we're not, me me we we uh, you know us people we you know if it's a, a neighbor if it's you know it's in our community it's a client we we i think we both enjoy yeah. helping others um reach their potential and um become successful
0: that's a perfect way to describe you both that's how <laughs> i feel about you <laughs> um well we've reached the part of the podcast where i am going to give you both a scenario a real life scenario that any one of us could be dealing with right now. And it's typically got a negative connotation to it. And you're going to be asked to find the positive in it. So you ready? Ready. Okay. The pandemic has changed the way we host gatherings for now with more holidays approaching family traditions may have to change. Find your mantra perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I, we've already discovered that family traditions have changed. Um, so for the, our first time ever, Thanksgiving was the two of us and our pup. Um, and the, you know, we found good in that as well. Um, I still cooked an entire Thanksgiving meal, you know, full bird, uh, every side and fixing available. Um, the table looked like, uh, you know, um, five or six families could have been over. To-
0: I saw the picture of it on social <laughs> media. I can attest to that. It was a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so I, I still wanted to have some of that tradition available. And it didn't matter if there were two of us or there were, you know, 22 of us. Um, that was important. Uh, the nice thing was, is that there was no timetable on, we were going to eat when the food was ready and so I didn't have to worry about, you know, okay, this food needs to be done by this time so we can drive over to this place and then we've got to get it all packed and, and home so we can then drive over to this place and, you know, so holidays can can be a little um, on edge of trying to make sure everyone feels included and, and um, a part of and and so there was a little bit of, of uh, relief um, that that didn't have to happen. You can still be connected, you know, we. All still had phone conversations and, and um, you know, um, text and, and, and uh, set email picture, conversations. Yeah, Send pictures,
2: FaceTime, you know, still were a little connected. Yeah, and
1: so we were still able to be, you know, thankful for family and for, for friends. And, and um, you know, I've got um, relatives working in the healthcare uh, industry uh, in um, the um, frontline workers that, you know, are constantly um, putting their their lives at risk and and several of whose families have had to go through really difficult moments with COVID where, you know, it wasn't just somebody tested positive, but where they were really struggling. Um, So we know how difficult this is. And it's important that we do our part, not that I don't want to get COVID. It's I don't want to be a link in a transmission that might negatively impact someone, that I've never even met. Um, So, you know, knowing my place in the world during this point is extremely important and knowing that I want to do um, everything possible um, for a positive outcome. Um, Again, not for just myself or my close loved ones, uh, but for people I don't even know.
2: Yeah. We, I think we, we both look at it as this is just one small moment in time. We want to have many, many more Thanksgivings and, you know, Christmases and gatherings, whatever, with our family throughout the years. So if this one moment in time we need to stay home and, you know, do our own thing and, and, you know, communicate via texts and emails and phone calls and, FaceTime and what have you, then then that's okay. We can make that sacrifice this time.
1: And I'm still the guy watching the sappy Hallmark commercial. Oh my part. gosh.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: And Cindy is the one rolling her eyes if she walks in the room and one's on. Sorry, I know what the plot is. I know how it's going to end. It's true. It makes me feel happy.
0: That's the thing. If it makes you feel happy, who cares? I've already <laughs> decorated the house for Christmas. I think I did it about a month ago. There Just Because comes. I'm here and I wanted to have that that joy around you know I mean this is such a crazy time for everybody and I don't want to say it's easier for people like us because as you've mentioned you don't have kids my husband and I don't have children and I think that adds a different layer of things so for everybody listening who has kids that are like yeah good for you we get it we understand you know that's just a, a level that um, you know we don't have to you know, deal with daily, but my sister has kids. I've got nephews and so I have right. to think about them and how this is affecting them. And kind of like you guys do in your daily lives, trying to get creative. Okay. Christmas is coming up. You know, what am I going to do to be creative, to still make this a great memorable Christmas for them, even though we probably won't be together during yeah. it. And that's so, a time to
1: create some new traditions too,
0: Yeah,
2: you
1: know, um, but maybe don't involve Being so rushed to do a tradition that we don't know why we do this tradition, just we've always done it. Yeah. Um, So that's been nice. I mean, you know, us creating moments up here on the square. You know, there's I don't know probably at least thirty windows that are are decorated um, for Christmas and some quite elaborately. But we've heard from so many people. They're like, "There's so many more lights this year," and we laugh because there's really not that many more lights this year. I mean, we installed the lights two years ago and created over a mile of Christmas lights. What this has caused is people are actually paying attention to what has already been up. They're seeing things differently that were really pretty much there before. Now we've added some more windows and and encouraged um, shop owners, make sure that you put lights in your windows. So at night when people drive through, they can see everything um, that's in a traditional Christmas display. Um, So from that perspective, there may be a few more lights, but, but over uh, all, it really is just people taking the time to look and see things differently. And I think that's what this pandemic has done for a lot of us is enabled us to stop and, and, you know, draw in things that we really weren't paying attention to before.
0: It's a new level of appreciation for things. I certainly see things a lot differently than I did eight months ago. And for people that are listening who aren't in the Kansas City area, the independent square is like going back in time, basically, in a lot of ways, especially during Christmas. If you want to drive through or walk through, you know, walk through the area social distancing of course you know to have the windows decorated is so cool and it's lit up beautifully um and it's kind of like walking through a hallmark movie so
1: <laughs> is, and that's been the inspiration mm-hmm. um whether it be um a-, a Gilmore Girls Square uh during fall and making sure that we've got pumpkins and and corn stalks out and, and you have that that feeling um of a-, a movie set and you know creating the living windows moments uh, last several years where we truly do try to create a a hallmark um, moment uh, for an evening where our windows actually come to life we had to give that up this year and that was really difficult we held on to it for as long as we could before you know things got so out of control that we said we don't feel good being a possible reason why more people get sick um so Instead, we encourage everybody to blow out your windows. Come on, have, have a little fun. Give people a little reason they can still come up and drive through. We just don't need to stick a bunch of people in a window together. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, Christmas coming up, um, one of our annual Christmas traditions for almost 27 years now has been to go see a movie in a movie theater on Christmas Day with, you know, extended family, what have you. And I'm not, I don't think in a movie theater is going to maybe happen this year. So I'm already thinking, all right, how can we still have that tradition that, um, you know, so maybe we'll all watch the same movie on TV and we'll all FaceTime with each other. So, you know, um, I'm already thinking of how, you know, Because how to- when
1: the lights go off in a theater, does it really matter who you're sitting next to? Right,
2: right. Well, we'll buy movie theater gift certificates so we can support the movie theaters and we'll be back there soon. Um, but, you know, if we can't all be together that way, what's, What's the other way that we can make it happen?
0: Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's great. That's a creative problem solving, creating those new traditions. I challenge everybody to go into the next month really thinking about that. Don't dwell on the negative aspects of everything because nobody loves the fact that we have to stay away from each other um, so much. But there can be really cool things that come out of it too and really great memories you're leaving for your kids. I have one final question for you both. And it's what mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going? <laughs> I'm thinking something funny. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> oh, Come on. Fair,
2: fair, fair, no, no, fair. it's not really a mantra. That it's just something I say to myself every, <laughs> every day. No, no. Cause it's, it's, it's just, I make up silly songs and I'm like, it's time to put on my clothes. It's time to put on my clothes. See, that's not anything that, you know, um, I,
1: but life, life for us really is a musical. If if people ha- don't know us, the first few times they're around us, they'll notice that we break into song a lot together, um, and it can be annoying. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, but it's just who we are, um, and I, pr- probably that that might be a part of that mantra, you know. And no matter how horrible <laughs> things get within the movie, uh, a happy ending. Um, is there if you just persist long enough, even in the worst um, movie out there, you know, usually if you sit through long enough you're going to come out the other side of it even if it's just the ending And I can name a couple of those ones <laughs> <God knows. laughs> let me tell you, with her in the movie business I had to sit through a lot of movies I never wanted to sit through yeah. um, but there, there is a you know, there is a, um, a morning after <laughs> um, That's good. That, that gets me through
0: Uh, Do you guys want to leave us with a tune? Do you want to sing something? You know, a morning morning after. after. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys understand how much I love these two because the fact that they didn't even hesitate and just broke (laughs) right into the song. Well, Cindy and Jeff, I've learned so much from both of you over the years, and you continue to be the most supportive friends to me, which I really appreciate. And mostly I admire how well you both work together and you've created life on your terms, which is what so many of us are trying now to do. So if you're interested in learning more about the services Jeff and Cindy can provide, check them out on Facebook and Twitter at PRKC. Do you guys have any final thoughts you want to leave with us? You know what? Um, we appreciate
2: you and you're you know wanting to talk to us um, to you know learn more about us and, and how we started our, our company. But you know, uh, we appreciate and admire you for what you're doing and um,
1: putting yourself out there, trying yeah. something new. Um, I encourage everybody: um, be a little bold uh, in the coming months. Try something new. It doesn't have to be so big that you you change your career, but um, do something that maybe you've thought about doing in the past. You know, uh, um, do do something a little different. I remember the the time I um, went skydiving. Um, you know, I'm terrified of heights, yet I jumped out of a plane. Um, we can all do something um, that challenges us. Um, do something just a little different.
0: Perfect final thought. Well, thank you both again, and I will talk to everybody next week. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.